Hey, and thanks for joining me. This is Peter Lamont. I'm your host. And we're doing something completely new, fun, and interesting today. This is our brand new show on a different note. And today we're going to be speaking with musician Nate Mainhart. And it's going to be a really, really awesome show because Nate is an awesome guy and um, just completely changed the way that I think musicians can make a living in this world. And it's going to be really informational and educational for us, whether you're a musician or not. I think that we can learn so much from the way that Nate has approached uh, the industry and how he's gone out and just taken what he's loved and made a business out of it. But it's not about business. It's about doing what you love. And, you know, um, we're going to talk to him about it. And we're going to see how he did it. So, Nate, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here, and I hope that I can offer some kind of value to, to the lovely folk out there. Oh, I'm sure you can. You know, normally what we do on this program is we talk about business and personal development and legal issues and, and try to help people, especially entrepreneurs or small business owners, kind of go out and, you know, make their way in the world. And you have done that. And I want to talk a little bit about what you've done. So before we, we get into your background and some of that stuff, let's just talk about what you are. You call yourself a modern-day troubadour. Talk a little bit about what that means and what your life as Nate Maingard really is. Okay, so a troubadour, I mean, from a historical perspective, the troubadours were around in the 12th and 13th centuries in, in France, and they were traveling minstrels who would play in the courts and in just wherever that, you know, wherever they had the opportunity and they were supported by patrons and they sang, they were kind of the storytellers who helped to connect communities to one another. And they sang songs of courtly love, which was kind of a, a love beyond just the carnal sense, but a more spiritual aspect of it. And so I trace, I actually trace my lineage back to those people through my father's side. And one of the last great troubadours is, is one of my ancestors. And so a few years ago, I started calling myself a troubadour because it just felt so true to what I've been attempting and what I've been doing in my life. And it was only last year that my aunt actually said to me, she's like, you know, you call yourself a troubadour, but do you know that we're actually descended from one? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And she told me the whole history. And uh, and so so as a troubadour, my, my personal kind of calling or offering to the world is really to just tell the stories of what it means to be human as truly as I can, it's everything from the light to the shadow and, and, and all the way in between the, the entire spectrum. And, and I do that through song and through the stories of my own life and my own experiences. Um, and that happens in a sort of live music setting, generally sitting in someone's home or in an intimate venue and just sharing these, these songs that come through me. So it's, it's basically that. And I'm also supported by patrons at this point. So, so that's a part of being a troubadour. Well, that's, that's really cool. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about. Um, most musicians in today's world, you know, while they're pursuing, maybe when they, they started off loving what they do, at some point, it seems like they get so caught up in the business element of it, and they kind of sell out. Even those bands or groups or musicians that claim they don't sell out, they all seem to, mm. at some point, they, they kind of bow to capitalism and bow to the dollar, <laughs> and they, they, they kind of lose their path. And your songs are so personal and so human and so 
um, touching. I mean, there's a, there's a connection. So what, what what happened in your life where you said, hey, listen, I'm a musician, but I'm not going to go the traditional route to hook up with, you know, um, a recording company or you know, label? What? How did you make that decision? Well, wow. Um, firstly, thank you so much for saying those things because um, it really it kind of brings up a lot of emotion in me because it's been such an intense process to come to this place and. I've always been a very deep feeling and thinking person and, and I've, I've felt the world very directly. And and from a, a young age, I just it didn't make sense to me that we live in a world that is so full of potential and and really like opportunity. And yet there is this overwhelming fear of the other and this, this we're educated to defend ourselves from each other. And none of that made sense to me. And then and I fell in love with music as a child because of the lyrics, because of the stories and the way it connected me to my own feelings and to the world around me. And then growing up and I started you know playing music and then wanted to do it more, but I couldn't fit that. Like, okay, so now I have to go into the music industry, but the more I learned about it, the more it was like, but this isn't what it is about for me. I, I don't want to have to like be a part of like a product that has is sold and turned into a commodity. And, and there's that whole attitude towards it, which just didn't fit in with, with what I was doing. And so from quite an early age, I realized like I couldn't really do that, but, um, but I've tried like even, even when I committed to playing music full time, which was only a few years ago in 2011, I still, um, you know, I, I was doing it for myself, but then there reached a point where I was going, okay, the next thing is to like get an agent, get a manager, get a label and like grow in that way. And, and I actually had like a, a mini breakdown because it was so out of alignment with, with my core values. And so, yeah, having observed, I've had exactly the same feeling of, of listening to incredible artists and then, and then being inspired by them and then researching them and finding out, but like, they're not living the life that they speak about in their songs. They're not actually, um, embodying this incredible message and and so where is the foundation how, how can i really like sink into that when the foundation isn't there and so I, I just made that decision like a few years ago i was like i am going to to stay true to i actually had a friend ask me it's a brief story uh, years ago when i just started 2011 i was on i think my first or second tour up in durban in south africa and a friend who had helped me so much already and, and was a huge mentor, I was sitting at his house for dinner and he asked me, so Nathan, if, uh, if I came to you, if I, if I was McDonald's and I came to you and I offered you $80,000 to, uh, because I wanted to use one of your songs or I wanted you to be like a mascot for an advertising campaign, um, what would you say? And, and I didn't even hesitate. I said, no, I would say absolutely not. Um, because it doesn't align. Like I know what McDonald's is doing as far as how they treat the planet and how they treat just their general attitude towards towards health and well-being. And and he said, but but with that eighty thousand dollars, you could reach so many more people, and your message could right. could have so much value for so many more. And I said, but the message would be a lie. It would be empty. It wouldn't have any true core to it. And I would know that, and I think it would have an energetic impact on the people who were listening to my music, even if they didn't know that it was McDonald's who gave me the money. Um, right. And so, so having that awareness in myself and making that decision, I kind of, through my commitment to that belief, I guess the universe or that divine energy or whatever it is that flows through, through the universe and through all of us, it, it started to work in ways that allowed me to find the paths that would bring me to this point where I am today. And so, so the things like 
playing small house concerts for people, connecting through Twitter where it's like very direct and I get to connect directly with people who, who may like my music and, and then finally Patreon and, and launching on this platform that allows people to become patrons and all these things kind of, but I didn't know that was all going to happen. I just knew that, that the cost of selling out was too high for me, that I wouldn't right. be able to, I wouldn't be okay with myself as a human being if, if that is how I got my art out to the world. It's just so unbelievable to hear another person say things like that because I would I would bet that 95% of people in this world, if they knew that they could get a deal with McDonald's, they were going to make money, they'd justify it in their heads and they'd say, who cares how I got the money? Because like, like your friend told you, yeah, you could reach so many more people. How, how did you manage to be so humble and honest with yourself and say, you know what, I, I could, because I'm sure you could have used the money, but you turned it down. <laughs> how, did you, how did you do that? Like emotionally and, and intellectually, how do you reason that and say, I leave so much in what I'm doing that I'm not, even though I need the money, I'm not going to take it. Have you read the book The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho? Yes. So so that book, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that my parents are both avid readers and they raised me on incredible, or just gave me access to incredible literature. And so I read Siddhartha by Herman Hesse when I was 16 and, and I've read books like those throughout the years. And, and, and what those, and I guess also the people who I admire the most are those who've been like Gandhi like and Mandela. You know, these people... Mm-hmm. Like someone like Mandela could be in prison for 27 years and could could come out and be like, you know what, let's all just get along. Like, let's just make this work for all of us. To me, like that is what is most valuable in the world. It's not about accumulating or or being seen by lots of people. It's it's really about like what what is the personal journey and how do I connect with myself most authentically? And through that, it, it connects with other people. So when something comes along where it's like, um, either, I mean, I had it on a very small scale just yesterday. I, I was, I, I endorse a guitar case company and they're sending me a new guitar case. And, and so my old guitar case is now going to be, I, I won't need it anymore. And I was walking down the street yesterday and I was like, oh, I have a spare guitar case. That, that's worth like 150 pounds. I mean, I could sell that for like 50 pounds and make some money. And I just had this little feeling, this little voice in me that was like, no, absolutely not. You give that to someone who needs it. That's it. And, and so I guess that little voice. I don't know if it's there for everyone, but it's certainly there for me, and I just pay attention to it. Like, I, it's, it's the heart. It's the heart that speaks. And the more we listen to it, the louder it speaks, and the more it feels confident to speak up in those moments, to say, hey, 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 there's this little, you need to pay attention here. And so I guess it's just like, we all, we have that, we know, we know what's, what's right and what's not, you know, like at a deep level. And so I guess it's trusting that the universe has got my back, and that if I stay true to that, even in those moments where I, where I doubt and I fear and I, and I fall apart to trust, like just stay with that voice and just keep moving, like just take the next step and, and then the rest will unfold in its own time. So I, I guess I just listen to that voice. Well, it's really, I have to say, I mean, it's really inspirational because if more people did what was right, because you're right. I mean, we all know at a deep level that what we're doing is correct or incorrect, wrong, right. And, you know, I, I think that we kind of turn a deaf ear to that. And, and it's so super refreshing. I mean, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. I've listened to your songs. Um, I've read about you. And I'm super, super impressed because on a daily basis, you know, I'm dealing with people in business and I'm dealing with people that 
are are just so eager to to make money. And I understand. Listen, we all need to make money, and we that's how yeah. we survive in this world. But we, I see people just so they lose themselves along the way, and and you are just completely different. You're you're humble. You're mellow. And, you know, you just do what you think is right. I'm sure you make mistakes like we all do. But, man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about if if more people had that sort of mentality and approach. I mean, I think that the world would be a better place. So it's really refreshing to have somebody like you making music that can kind of inspire us to maybe do what's right and follow our hearts. So I think it's it's really, really cool. Thank you so much. I mean... To me, it feels like such a, a, what's the word, a collaborative process because, I mean, the truth of it is that, like, I couldn't keep doing it if I, you know, like, I believe in it and I would do it anywhere to the best of my ability. But right now, there are 212 people out there who are my patrons and give me money every month because they believe in it too and they want me to keep doing it. And so so there is that acknowledgement of, you know, to me, money is is just another form of energy exchange. It, in itself, it doesn't have an intrinsic value. It's it's the resources that allows us to gather and to utilize in our journey that makes it valuable. But if we start to value that just the numbers of money itself, without actually giving giving credit or credibility to the to what's behind it, to the motivation, then we start to lose sight of of where we're at. I mean, it's it's that simple thing, you know, Gandhi. Be the change you want to see in the world. To me, that is like such a core practice of like everything else comes second to that. Like if if I'm out there on the streets picketing and shouting about how I want the world to change, but then I'm going back to, to my job and just like working something that I don't like and just stuck in a system that I don't believe in, then then how is that authentic? You know, like I would much rather quietly just sit and and be that change and trust that those ripples are going to make some important impact somewhere along the line. Yeah, it's really, I think, totally inspirational. I want to play um, a bit of a song here. This is In the Shadow. So I want to play this for a second and then have you just talk a little bit about the song and what it means to you. Sure. So, Nate, talk a little bit about what this song, In the Shadows, means to you. Well... It's. I mean, I'm trying to think how to say it in the briefest way because I have a tendency to get a little <laughs> excited and go off on a whole tangent. But I, I had a realization a few years ago that I have spent a lot of my life running away from, from things. And so when I left high school in 2013, I the next year I went overseas and I spent a year in in the UK. Then I went back to South Africa and then back to the UK and then back to South Africa. And what what was happening was that every time I would go somewhere and, and then within a few months' time, I'd start to have these experiences where I was like, I feel really uncomfortable. There's all this stuff happening or these people or that job or I would externalize whatever it was, right? Like, so it's definitely something outside of myself that is causing this problem. So let me move and then I'll find something better where I go because, you know, like the grass is always greener. It's totally going to be better over there. And through that process, I came to realize like, wow, 
why do I have the same experiences like manifesting when I go to different places and I had to look at myself and be like, well, maybe it's what's inside of me that's causing those things to happen outside of me. And so when I started to, to sort of ask those questions and, and look at myself in that way, I realized that, that those, what I call the shadow, the, the parts of myself I didn't like were causing everything outside of myself. And when I embraced that, and I mean, I say embraced in the past tense, but this is an ongoing life journey you know like I'm still I still have my shadows which are teaching me so much every day but my realization was that if I can embrace those shadows and really welcome them and and love them and and accept them and give them give them the attention that they're asking for they can become my biggest teachers and they can really like take me into growth And, and so that's what the song was about was just like I mean the second verse is one of my personal favorite verses of anything that I've written and, you know, there's the line of, uh, see me trapped within this construct, beating at the locked up door and grip tight deep inside my fist is the key to all I've missed, that the pain is just the teacher and the cage is just the myth. And I just sort of like, I still so sort of resonate with that line because so often in my life I push because I want change and I'm like, I want things to change. And I'm there shouting, beating on the door of this prison when really if I just stopped and sit still and open my hands, there's the key to the door that I can, you know, it's already there. I already have everything I need to, to move forward and grow in this life. And so that, that that's what the song is about for me. Right. And, and there's so many lessons that can be learned from it because, I mean, you can take your experiences as an artist, as a poet, as a musician, and so much of that translates through into today's entrepreneurial world and, you know, you look at, at what you see in business and, and everybody's blaming some, somebody else for their problems. I'm blaming right. you because, you know, I'm not making money. It's your fault. And, you know, I don't have the yeah. answer for this. And, you know, we talked yesterday on the show um, about stress and how, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have this overwhelm that they feel. And my theory is that you need to take the time out to be with yourself and listen to yourself. And it seems like you do that on an artistic level, but it also helps you in your in your field in your career that time alone with yourself. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't really thought of it in that way before, but but yeah, that that makes sense to me. Now let me ask you a question because this is a question that um, I'm sure everyone has. If you go to your website, you'll notice that you give away your music and you ask people. <laughs> to give to you what they feel they should or want to, and you have people that are patrons that help support you on a monthly basis. But I I guarantee you that there are 100 people listening to this right now saying to themselves, how can he afford to live? And this is all great, and I love what he's saying, but practically speaking, how does he live? So can you talk about that? Yeah, with pleasure. I, I mean, like one of the first things is, it's still it's still a challenge. Like I don't make massive amounts of money, and um, I'm not quite where I want to be in my personal goals around my finances yet. But I'm definitely in an in an amazing place. Like compared to even just a year ago or two years ago. Like it's so so wow. This is a big topic. So with with selling music, it's it's <laughs> it's always felt to be like this strange dichotomy where I love offering my music to people and I love sharing it with people and I feel like it brings real value 
and it's important. Like I feel like it's telling stories that, that, that bring people into themselves and to sell that, to say, if you can't pay me $10 for this, you can't get this. That just doesn't make sense to me. And so, again, like because that was a feeling that I had, that life brought me this knowledge around the gift economy and around just offering what you have and trusting in the exchange. And, and so, so what I do, like as an example, is I play, I play house concerts, concerts in people's homes. So if anyone out there is listening and they want me to come and play a show at their home and I'm close enough to do that, I will do it with pleasure. And what we do then is I'll come play the show. They'll have like 15, 20, 50 friends, whatever it is. And after the show, I will pass a hat around and make it, and it's just donation-based. So, but the conversation I have with people at the show is to say that I know that, that they know that I'm a musician, that this is my job. It's not just my passion, but it's also how I make my income. And I'm trusting them. I'm arriving there and I will give everything that I have to that moment and to share my music with them and to have that experience. And I'm trusting that instead of them going on the basis of, of scarcity, which is to take as much as you can and hold on to it and, you know, like get away with as much as you can. And just the scarcity, they'll, they'll go with the, the abundance attitude, which is like give as much as you can and as much as you feel to. So like whatever this makes you feel, feel the value of that and then give whatever you can afford based on that feeling. And it's really as simple as that. And, and so, so with my patrons, for example, like on, on Patreon, it's, People can pledge anything from a dollar up to a hundred dollars or more a month if they choose, and everything in between. And right now, I mean, there are several people who are pledging a hundred dollars a month. There are sort of thirty or forty people who are pledging one dollar a month, and and so I know that every one of those people is giving the value that they feel and that they can afford combined, right. and that right. that's the perfect value exchange. And so. My feeling and hope is, is that we have more of this in the world because the, the feeling I get from being able to sit in front of a bunch of people and say, I'm just going to play you music because I want to offer this to you and I trust that you're going to offer something in return that, that makes sense and that that's all going to work out. It's so liberating. It's so much better to me than going, okay, this is $10. $10. If you can't afford it, then you can't have my CD. Sorry. Like, right. Um, and so for whatever reason... It's working, and, and, and I remember, you know, like we're taught in this, in this capitalist culture, it's a, there's a pyramid attitude of like you've got to climb over everyone else to get to the top, and then when you're at the top, then you've got to defend your position, and there's like that, and, and in this way with the gift economy and just with the attitude of sharing, I'm seeing it in action. I mean, I'm making just under $1,700 a month just from Patreon, just from my patrons. And right. they know that they can get my music for free all over the internet. They know that. They know they can download it anywhere, but they're choosing to offer value because they know that that value allows me to keep doing what I do and to keep bringing more of it into the world. And so, so the intrinsic value of art is being recognized and being, and being valued again. You know, Instead of it having to be like, here's the product, here's the tour of gigs, like this is how we're going to make the money. It's just like, no, we love this guy's art. We want him to keep doing right. it and this is what we can offer. So I hope I explained that well. It's it's kind of like a big topic, but... No, you really do, yeah. but it's just, it's such a fascinating way of approaching the music industry because, you know, I, I'm sure that you have friends and, 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 you know, colleagues that are in the industry and you know how much 
the industry can suck the life out of you. And, you know, you're working for the man big time. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the idea that you're able to just put your faith in people, and that's something that's just so lacking in today's, in today's world. I mean, even when people go to church and they give the donations, it's because they feel that if they don't, the guy next to them is going to say, oh, you didn't give a dollar? That, that sort of thing, you know? Um, but you're just, you're showing up with yourself, your guitar, and, and people are repaying you for what you're sharing with them. And it's just a wonderful thing. Now, I have this question for you. Have you ever been out to something where you've, you've given your best and people haven't given back to you? Has that ever happened? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, there have been times when when I haven't communicated clearly how this how it works or, like, why. Because, again, that's the thing. Like, it's it's so unfamiliar to so many people. And yeah. and music music as well has become undervalued as an intrinsic sort of art offering. Like because we we listen to music all the time. It's on adverts. It's on the radio. It's on the sub. You know, it's just everywhere. And so we we've come to just accept it as a normal part of life. And I think a lot of people have forgotten, or at least this is what I've observed, is that people have forgotten the people behind that music. That that, that there are people out there who are like working their whole lives and putting everything they have into making that music happen. And so. And then also the industry's had a part to play in that. You know, we, we sold these like rock star lifestyles of the big, look at what they're living in their private jets and their, you know, that whole thing. And, but that's not the reality for most of us. And right. so, so part of the only times where I've played shows where, where, you know, people maybe haven't, you know, it really, it, I, I can't say that that's ever happened except when I haven't communicated clearly, like saying, just letting people know, Hey, this is how this system is working that I'm exploring. And it's different to what you're used to, and and here we go. Also, if if I'm in the wrong kind of environment, like if I go and play in a bar where people are there to drink and watch sports on the TV, and I'm in the background, and then I'm p- passing a hat around, I'm not going to do very well. Right. Um, so because because what I'm doing is is about that like sort of the shared human experiences. It really does require a certain. Well, one of the biggest value exchanges that happens to me at a show is, is just attention. Because as soon as a group of people get together and sit in, in focused attention and offer attention to one thing, in this case, the art and a musician sitting on a stage, the energy exchange that begins to occur, there's a, there's a feedback loop that happens between me and the audience. And people, when they come to me after a show and go, wow, you just like, wow, so much. I cried, I laughed, I sang, and I'm like, but do you realize that what you felt was everything that you gave to me? I can only return what it is that you've offered me in the first place. And so it's it's not me up on the stage separate. It's a collaborative effort between us. And so when those happen, there's no way that I'm going to be undervalued or that I'm going to feel undervalued or, you know, like it, it's just, it just wouldn't even, I can't even imagine how that could happen. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's really, it's really amazing. And it just, it you know it does a few things. First of all, if you take what you're saying from a more of a practical business sense, what I think a lesson we can take from it is you have to know your target audience. So you wouldn't go into a bar like you just said and expect that people are going to get what you're doing, but you know your target audience. You know the kind of people that like your music, that like what you do, because you have to have like-minded people, I think, um, in order to do what you're doing. So from a practical standpoint, that's a nice lesson to, to take away from this. But even more yeah. importantly, 
I mean, what you said with, with value exchange, that's just such an amazing concept, value exchange, because that's how we should be operating business. We should be giving and getting in exchange based upon the value of what we're doing for each other. But that's not mm. how it works. You said before, you know, people just are, are kind of conditioned to claw to the top of that mountain, and it doesn't make a difference who they step on. And yeah. some of those people, you know, unfortunately, I think that in a, in a cultural standpoint, we look at some of these people that have not done the right things, that have, you know, all kinds of problems, and they're making a ton of money. And it sends yeah. the wrong message, I think, because I don't know how they managed to do it. I don't know how they managed to, you know, get away with things, because I know that, that I couldn't do it. But no. um, yeah. it's a bad totally example. Yeah, I just, I would love people to experience what you do and your music and your concepts and your ideas about the way that life really should be because it's, your music is an extension of your beliefs and your beliefs are pretty awesome. So I'd love for other people to, to take an interest in what you're doing and see how there's still good in the world. Thank you. I mean, that's, to me, that is the best sort of value that I can receive in many ways is is because I, I get messages like like what you've just said from people and and that was one of the things one of the reasons that I actually committed to it so strongly was like I need to stay true because I, I can't sell out like I can't it would be you know it would just destroy so much of what I believe in and, and I mean I remember my first festival I played at as a professional musician in South Africa 2011 and um, that was a whole story in and of itself, what brought me to that point and the emotional process of almost running out of money and all the things. But I finally played on the stage to an incredibly receptive audience, and I had just the most powerful response. And, and so, soon after, I was standing at one of the market stalls. It was a very small festival. And I saw a mother and her son walk past. And... Um, and sorry, just a moment. <laughs> sure, no problem. And... And he was like this, he looked maybe like 12 years old. And I saw them walk past and I saw him look at me and then look at his mom and he had this whole little thing. And then they walked up, they walked up to me and he put his hand out and he looked up at me and his face went bright red. And, and I could just tell that he was, he was totally in awe and in a moment of complete emotional overwhelm because he'd heard me play and, and he was having a, a moment of like meeting someone who had just had a huge impact on him. Right. And, and I shook his hand and and I just had this moment myself where I was like, I have to stay true to this music because if I'm not, then people like this are going to get given such mixed men. Like he deserves to have someone to look up to who deserves to be looked up to, if that makes sense. You know, it like, does absolutely. Like it is it is so worth this young man having someone who's actually walking their talk in the world who he can say, I I know that it happens because there's that guy doing it, and, and I just felt like. Like I, w I would do anything to stay to stay authentic and stay true to that. Like to be worthy of that look in his eyes, that was really what it was for me. You know, I think that um, a lot of people in the, in the art field, let's just call it that, whether you are a painter, a musician, I think a lot of people start off with that belief that way. I mean, they they go into music because they love it and that love of sharing, but somewhere along the lines, they kind of get corrupted. And they start to forget about that look that you got from that boy. And it, it, it seems to me, based upon your 
sort of um, your own internal moral code that as you become more and more successful, that you're going to stay true to that original, you know, set of values that you have. And that's, that's really um, something that I think is uh, admirable, something that we should, we should look at in you. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I hope so. And I, and I trust that the reflections of, of the world as I see it outside of myself will keep reminding me when I step, step outside of that. Um, for sure. Like, I mean, that's, it's, it's just so important to me, but yeah, I think it's, it's also a part of our education, you know, like how the, the idols that we're given, the people to look up to aren't very good examples in a lot of the cases. I mean, a lot of the people who we consider the most successful in the world, I often think about this uh, as a, as a kind of humorously sad thing is that some of the most famous and highest paid people in the world are those who act like other people. That's what their job right. is. As, and I'm talking about uh, actors, you know, in Hollywood and that whole thing. Like, why do we idolize most highly those who act like someone else, who pretend to be other on a consistent basis? And so I just, uh, I just feel, because I'm actually surrounded by authentic people. Like, my friends, I'm, I'm a part of a, a collective we started calling ourselves the Lyrical Nomads. And we're a group of singer-songwriters and artists and poets and, and visual artists. And these people just inspire me on a daily basis because they are so true to to the same ideals that I am, where it's really about the community and about the power of art to transport us in back into our humanness and our community and our global community. And, and I mean, yeah, so, so that's kind of, I see it in the world every day. And I hope that through us just, staying true to that like it other people can see that it's possible it's possible for all of us even i know i'm sure there are some people listening going oh well it's all right for him you know like but i couldn't do that or i can't like it i don't see any of that but like i think as soon as we start asking questions and we start saying is there another way and can i how can i make changes in my own life that would bring me closer to that the answers begin to arrive in their own way and and i feel like you know it's just so important I, i one of my my songs is called let love win and right. I've recently kind of re-fallen in love with it because my, my, my group, my tribe have, have fallen in love. They've all been like, why have you never been playing the song for us? We love it. And, and so it's making me revisit it. And the first line in it says, um, it goes, uh, if I woke up floating on the ocean, will I be hoping? Because hoping is a remedy. Combined with arms, I'm blessed to have to swim me. And faith, I'll find the shore. And and so that little verse is really about that. It's like, I don't always see the shore. I sometimes wake up and I'm in the middle of an ocean and I have no idea what direction to swim in, but I just hold on to that hope and that faith and the fact that I have these arms that can swim me in a direction and I trust that I'm going the right way. And and, and that's it. Like, that's sometimes all that we have. You know, that it's, it's amazing. And I'm going to play that song um, before the show is over. But I want to ask you this because... <clears throat> I am sure that you've experienced negative things that have happened to you in your life. And I'm sure that as you become bigger and bigger, you're going to experience negativity. You're going to experience failure. And just based upon your core values, how is it that you deal with? Because when things go bad, you know, we oftentimes start to lose faith in ourselves, faith in others, faith in the system. And and we just sort of um, become, you know, bitter and angry and we blame people how do you handle failure or or obstacles 
or people who are being negative to you? How do you respond to that? Wow, that's a, I mean, it's a very well asked question, but it has a very many layers of potential answers. So I, I, let me just hold on to that for a second. So one of the things that I have realized is that if someone else has negativity towards me, that is not my negativity, it is their negativity and it is their own process that they're going through because I feel negative towards people sometimes. And when I really allow myself to check into that, I realize it's because they're reflecting some aspect of myself that I either aspire towards and don't have or that I don't like about myself and don't want to acknowledge. And when I can accept that about myself, my hate or my jealousy or my envy or whatever that emotion is I'm feeling towards that person, that fades. As soon as I realize like, oh, they're just, they're just mirroring something that I don't like about myself or that I want to have in myself. Um, so that's one of the ways that I deal with negativity. Uh, with failure, I mean, failure just feels like an opportunity to streamline and to find find a better way you know like if like if something's not working there's a reason for that there's a lesson in that and and you know i say this like i got it all worked out but man i spend <laughs> i sometimes spend weeks I, I sometimes spend weeks in bed you know like i i really have times when when my my life falls apart and i don't have the answers and, and i just i just don't handle but but part of what helps me is is my community the people i'm surrounded by who reflect my light even with when all i can see is the dark and right. And also that sense, like I think Martin Luther King said, he's like, if I knew the world would end tomorrow, I would still plant an apple tree. I think you said that or something similar. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd still plant an apple tree today. And I just feel like that's, like, even if I'm wrong, even if my optimism is completely misplaced and this world is a terrible place and all the people in it are just, just heading towards a destruction and, and Armageddon, um, I would much rather spend my life living in the light and trying to make it like bring as much positivity and, and real authentic human connection into the world. Because then when I die, I will have lived my whole life doing that instead of living my whole life being like, oh, it's all useless and hopeless and I just should give up now and just be like, just buy into the whole thing because there's no way out. Like I either get to live my life that way and if I'm right, then well, great. I've had a depressing life and then a depressing death <laughs> for no purpose whatsoever. <laughs> This way, either I'm either I'm right, and it all actually we do we can change the world, and we can change ourselves, and we can connect as authentic human beings, part of a global family where we're evolving together. And, and I'm right, and then I get to enjoy the whole process of us becoming that. Or I'm wrong, but I'll have believed it my whole life anyway, and so lived a pretty cool life and and die happy knowing that I tried. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Let's take a, <laughs> let's take a second. Let me play a little bit of Let Love. We just talked about sure. that. And then um, I want to give people an opportunity to learn how they can contact you and how they can get involved with you. And uh, because I I'm sure after this show, people are going to have a lot of interest. Sure. Thank you. All right. So this is Let Love.
So, I mean, that, just like all of your other songs, are amazing. They are <laughs> just really professional. And, you know, when I was talking to people about this show before, you know, obviously before we did it, and they were saying things to me like, oh, so it's a guy that makes some music in his basement and records it himself, and, oh, okay. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 you're missing it. You're not, you're not getting it. Listen to this. <laughs> this, is, this is professional stuff that's being put out. And it's just a different business model than what you're used to or what you've been told that you have to subscribe to. And it's amazing. And, and I think that, you know, when you hear that song, I mean, these people that have these, these negative thoughts. And, and, you know, it's so funny the way that you describe people having this, this negativity. Maybe it's something that, you know, they feel inadequate about. And so they're going to throw some hate your way um, just because of their own inadequacies. And that's why I think a lot of people do do that. They're jealous. They wish that they had what you had or your ability. Or And I say you in the general sense. But yeah. you know, those people that, that said that to me prior to the show, you know, you heard the songs. You can go listen to the songs yourself. Amazing, amazing quality. Amazing content. Really heartfelt. Not some, you know, crap bunch of lyrics that you just put together on a piece of paper that have no meaning. And, um, you know, it's truly amazing because for me, I, I love music. I love all aspects of it. And I listen to all different types of music. And some of the people that I like, some of the songs or artists, I'll give you an example, Jimmy Buffett. I like Jimmy Buffett. His music's fun. But there's that island lifestyle that Jimmy Buffett wants you to buy into. And mm -hmm. some of it's true, but most of it is a commercial sales pitch. And I love him and I love his stuff. But... Yeah, there's there's that lack of authenticity. There's that come and live on the island life and everything's cool and peace, man. But really, <laughs> it's all about how much money can be, be brought in. And you're just the opposite. But you're making money. You're making your living. You're able to continue doing what you love by giving and and getting back from people who love what you love. And it's amazing. <laughs> I totally agree. It, it is absolutely amazing and miraculous. Like that's kind of how I feel about it every day. <laughs> well, Nate, listen. I think that that you have really inspired so many people because as many people as I talked to before the show that said things like, "Well, what is it? Garage music or how is he doing this?" More people said to me, "Oh, you know, I checked it out and it's amazing. And wow, that song spoke to me." Or, wow, that's really, really great stuff. I love it. And um, and I think that that's probably what has happened with you. Once people get, get to listen to what you're producing, I mean, I think they fall in love with it because it's hard not to. It's just so honest. And, and that's such a great thing that we can take away from from you, this idea of honesty, honesty with yourself, honesty with others, and this whole idea of, of value exchange. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. And really, like, I, I can't say enough that, that people like you who, who do have a voice and the opportunity to, to, to share what I do, who, who really can connect with it, you guys, like, help it so much and help what I'm doing so much because I find it really hard to tell people exactly what I'm doing because it's, it's not just that I'm a musician performing. You know, like, for me, as you, we've spoken about, it's so much more to it and it, it it's such a connected experience and I, I just don't even know how to, 
you know, people are, oh, so you just like play live, you know, you're a musician, you play live shows. And I'm like, yes, but I, but if you just like, if you just come, just take the time to slow down enough to let this sink in. I feel like it may really, it may really bring something into your world that, that is of value. And, and so, you know, how do I say that to people without sounding like I'm totally into myself, you know, like it's right. really, right. so, <laughs> so thank you is basically what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I want to give people some information. We have shown um, little clips of your website and stuff, and all of the links to your sites are in our show notes. Um, we also are, are streaming live on Meerkat, and once we're done, um, all of the people who have been joining us on Meerkat who have not been able to hear what you have had to say um, because they can only hear me, I'm going to play some of, the, okay. of your music for them and, and get them uh, to kind of see what we were doing. So, um, you know, you can go to your website, which is natemainguard.com, but how else would you like people to contact you? How do you want to interact with people? Well, I mean, it depends on at what level they'd like to interact. I mean, if if, if anyone out there is, has listened to this and has felt something that, that is really connected and resonated with them and they'd like to speak to me personally, they can just email me. Uh, it's just nate at natemainguard.com. Uh, they could also do that directly to my website through the contact page. Uh, otherwise, there's Twitter, which is always fun. I, I love using Twitter. It's a really quick, direct way to just to just like, kind of exchange information and ideas and feelings. Uh, and then there's also, I mean, if people are at the point where they'd like to support what I'm doing and would like to be more involved, there is Patreon, which is where my patrons support me. And that's uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nate Maingard. And they can support me there if they'd like. And then they also get my most recent album, which is actually totally home recorded, by the way. <laughs> um, it's just it's it's all the new songs that I've written in the last sort of year, and that I don't have haven't had the opportunity to go into studio yet to record. I, I did a, a CD for that when I, I was staying with my dad in South Africa, and he was like, "Before you leave, you have got to give me these songs you've been singing. I can't you can't just go away without me having them." So. I, I sat down and just recorded them all in in one go and then thought, oh, well, I could offer this to my patrons, but I don't want to offer it to anyone else because it's not really professional. And like, right. so, so that anyone who is a patron gets, gets all my music actually. Even if you sign up for a dollar, you get everything I've ever recorded as an immediate download. Um, so, so yeah, those are some of the ways and whichever works for you. Let's let's chat. I'd love to connect and hear what people are thinking and feeling and, and feel free to be as open and vulnerable as you as you like. I am open and vulnerable and I celebrate that in, in all of us. I think it's the thing that is gonna heal us as a race is, is really acknowledging our vulnerabilities and just being real with each other. So so be real with me. Let's do this. Oh that's awesome, Nate. Nate, I just uh, I have a question that came in. Uh, they, somebody sure. wants to know where where are you living? Where are you based? Uh, you know, I guess they're interested <laughs> in possibly having you do a show. Where are you? So currently, I'm based. I, I'm in London, United Kingdom at the moment. I'm from South Africa, but I'm actually quite. I'm nomadic at the moment. I don't have a permanent residence. Uh, so. Just the best way is really to get in touch with me and say where you are and what you're thinking. And, and then I, I hope to visit America next year. I'd like to put in some real time there. I've, I've spent a bit of time in California, but I'd like to actually just travel around the whole country and, and really get a sense of the people and the places and hopefully play in people's homes. So at this point, I am nomadic. And that was something that took me a while to, to acknowledge and embrace in myself is that I don't feel like I want to be in one place 
right now for a very long time and right and so so yeah just just be in touch and I, and I yeah I'd love to be where you are wherever that is <laughs> well you know Nate one thing that I want to say um, I've loved having you on the show I love what you do and when you come here to the U.S. whenever that is next year or sooner um, let's let's get in touch because I would love to do a a meet with some of our fans and our listeners and have them come and see you play we could set something up that would be really, really cool. So, you know, don't lose sight of that. That's out there. I'd be, I'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. Thank you. I just got total tingles, man. I think we, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I look forward to that. Nate, I want to thank you. I really do from the bottom of my heart for taking the time out, for speaking with us, for being so open and honest and, and, and for your music too, which is also open and honest. And I, I really hope that people check out what you're doing and fall in love with it, with it I have. So, Thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today. I wish you the best of luck. I want to stay in touch because I'm telling you, you come here and we're going to do a meet and we're going to bring all of our fans and our listeners so that they can hear what you have to offer. Wow, Peter, th thank you again. And thank you to everyone out there for listening. And uh, yeah, I just super appreciate it. And also just a big shout out to the natives, to my patrons, if any of them are listening. You guys, you, you just allow this all to happen. So so thank you all. And thank you, Peter. And, and really magnificent questions. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nate. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck. All right. Farewell. Bye-bye. So we just uh, finished up talking to Nate Maingard. Unbelievable, unbelievable person. Really, I really mean that. There are a few people that I uh, speak with or, or get to know a little bit about and feel a connection with and, and can honestly say, wow, what a great person. And there's so many lessons that we can learn from Nate, both on a business level, on a personal level, um, because, you know, what I like to say is that business is nothing more than an extension of our, our personal lives, but it's oftentimes morphed when we lose who we are. You know, we're one person in business, one person with our family. And Nate is an unbelievable inspiration. I really, I, I wish that there were more people in the world like him because I think the world would be a better place. So that's going to do it for today. We're going to let Nate play us out. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for listening to this. This is our first show of On a Different Note, which is this combination, this kind of cool concoction of business Law, music, all rolled into one, some personal development. And I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I hope you did, too. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of guests coming up. We've got the Willis clan that are in the works. Uh, we've been talking to um, Mark Cohen. Uh, just so much going on with this show. And, you know, it's, it's, we had a couple technical issues today. It's going to get better and better. Um, this is the first time that we've done a show where we've kind of, brought in musicians and we're playing their music and, and it's kind of a different thing. So bear with us as we kind of iron out the technical stuff, but thank you for, for listening. Thank you for subscribing, for, you know, um, tuning in and checking this out. And, and really from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank Nate Maingard for being here today and just being so open. I just love what he's doing and I encourage all of you to check it out. It's free, you know, go check it out. And then if you feel as though there's value in it and you want to help him, go ahead and do it. But um, just unbelievable, a great, great guy, great show. And I want to thank him and I want to thank all of you for checking the show out. That's going to do it. I will be back tomorrow. We have um, our Understanding Business show. And I just want to remind you to check out utlradio.com because it has links to all of the shows and all of the upcoming guests. 
tomorrow we'll be speaking with uh, Jillian Siegel about her book, Getting There. We're going to be talking to her about that. And then we'll be back next week with more shows. We've got our regularly scheduled week in review on Monday, Business and Legal Q&A Live on Tuesday, and then another episode of On a Different Note next Wednesday. Um, we've got some great guests lined up for all of the shows. We've got some great topics that we're going to talk about. But, you know, that's all I want to say about that. I just really kind of love this conversation that we had today with Nate. It was just so refreshing, and it kind of makes me feel a little bit better about some of the, the negative things you see in life. And so um, totally, totally cool, and I hope that you guys like it. I'd love to hear what you think about this show. Again, I know there were some technical glitches. We had some of his music playing over him, um, and hopefully it doesn't really take away from his message. But I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you like about the show. Let me know what you didn't. And uh, we're going to just keep bringing on guests and, and, and hopefully bringing you something unique and different. I mean, this is a different spin on learning about business and law and personal development through the eyes of an artist who also has to be involved in business and legal and all these other aspects. So um, hopefully you think it's cool. I want to thank you all. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to be live 10 a.m. Eastern time with Jillian Siegel uh, talking about her book, Getting There. We will stream live on Meerkat. We're going to be live on utoradio.com, on YouTube Live, on Blog Talk Radio. Don't forget you can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and listen to it at any time. Subscribe on YouTube as well, and then you'll be notified when these new videos are up. And, you know, I really have fallen in love with this idea of live video as well. It's not as super produced. There's not a lot of editing at all. And, you know, maybe we could do some cooler things with video when we edit it, like some of the other um, videos that I've done. But I love the idea of being with you live and letting you experience what's going on at that moment, not something that's sort of produced. Um, but, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Do you like the produced stuff? Do you like it live? You like seeing exactly what's going on while it's happening. Let me know. Tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Again, thanks to our guest today, Nate Maingard. And uh, check out utlradio.com. I'm going to end the show uh, by playing Nate's song, Let Love, which we talked about, and he explained how much it means to him. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.